You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you may want a company who's there when you need them who actually picks up the phone when you call. Well, that's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or go to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. If you're listening to us on Halloween weekend, well, then it's the right weekend for this broadcast for Friday, October 29th, 2021. But you could be listening anytime on our free podcast or up to seven weeks later on our 24-7 stream. So happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy St. Patrick's Day, Happy whatever. So that yeah. We're all covered. We hope you enjoyed all of those holidays that, as we do this, have yet to happen. So happy insert current holiday here. They have to yeah. say. So happy insert current holiday here. You have yeah. to do it that way. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And some tech news and commentary, and then Gail in St. Simon's Island uh, in Georgia is standing by, among others. we got some tech news to share with you and, obviously, some commentary. A man has launched a lawsuit against an exclusive dating website because he says there are not enough women on the database. <laughs> oh, jeez. 29-year-old Ian Cross claims the HMZ Group, which operates the dating platform of the Denver Dating Company, exaggerated the number of women signed up to the site. The Denver Dating Company is described as a members-only service. Those who sign up must go through a screening process, which, quote, ensures they are functioning members of our community. Uh, They are also offered professional photography sessions as well as sessions with company matchmakers. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Cross paid $9,409 for site membership. Whoa! Well, that was his first $9,000? Yeah. How desperate um, is this guy? Yeah. And, and wow. He, and he hoped to meet single women his age. When he met with one of the dating site's representatives, the company apparently claimed that there were, quote, a huge number of single women in the 25 to 35 age range and that there had been several new members due to a wave of breakups prompted by the pandemic. <laughs> Probably prompted by spending too much money on their app. Yeah. But when he was granted access to the site in February, he could apparently only find five women in the 18 to 35 age range. So he's now seeking an undisclosed amount of damages from the company. Holy cow. You know, it sounds like they simply needed to do like bars do, a ladies' night. You know, give them a big discount to be a member. And then they'll have more women if that's a problem for others on the site. But, wow, $9,000. If you can afford to spend $9,000 on a dating site, just go to your local bar, start buying girls drinks. One of them's going to bite. Yeah, or (laughs) hire a matchmaker on your own. Yeah. Let them do the legwork and whatnot. You tell them what you're looking for, and they'll go out and search. $9,000. And this is in Denver. Yeah. Well, I know. He's probably planning that he needs to cuddle because it's going to get cold soon. Yeah. Well, just remember, you know, in Denver, the uh, the mountains aren't the only thing that are high in there. Yeah, well, that's true. That could be the problem. That might have been why he spent that kind of money. MIT researchers have developed a system that predicts areas at high risk for car accidents. By analyzing crash data, satellite imagery, GPS info, and maps with artificial intelligence. Deep Route CEO Maxwell Zoe, whose company is in the autonomous driving business, said, quote, We designed neural networks like the ones of human brains, so it receives training through massive road data. 
which deepens its understanding of the environment and eventually draws out a complete perception system, close quote. <laughs> that just okay. sounds, no wonder they have so many car accidents that's trying to understand that is an issue. But I guess using all that data, we hear so much about AI. It's almost almost every guest we have on these days is saying that they're using artificial intelligence in one way or another. And apparently they are, and maybe at MIT they're going to help solve some common places where more car accidents occur than others. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Instagram is testing a new feature that will notify users when the platform is experiencing an outage or technical issue. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Are they going to call them? The notification will appear directly in users' activity feeds. If the service is down, how would you get there? Yeah. Um, And how would anyone else see it? Yeah. Instagram notes that it won't send a notification every single time there is an outage, probably because there's way too many of them. Uh, But if it sees that users, quote, are confused and looking for answers, again, they're owned by Facebook, so they would know if you're confused. Yeah. Um, It will determine if a notification would make things clearer. The announcement comes as Facebook and its properties were hit with a lengthy outage uh, recently. Um, The company explained that both of those outages were caused by configuration changes but were unrelated to each other. So now I guess they're looking for ways to notify people when there's a, a, an outage. My whole thing is launch the app. If it doesn't work, well, it's out again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's but your then, notification. But then people wonder, okay, wait, do I force stop the app? Do I uninstall, reinstall? Do I do all the jump through hoops? Do I reboot my phone? When none of the above if, is going to work because they're down, you're not. If you're that addicted, that, that you're worried that much about it, then you should take a break from the apps anyway. Okay. so I, I took my break from Instagram three years ago and never went back. But but you took a break from Facebook, what, last year? Yeah. For a month and came running back to I Facebook. Come, I didn't come running back. Crawling. It was a, it was a, a light stroll. <laughs> I see. Well, what brought you back to Facebook but not Instagram? I don't know. They're both owned by Facebook, so that's not exactly. the issue. Sorry, it was redundant. I only needed one. It was redundant and repetitive? All over again. Wow. Okay. General Motors is following a previous commitment for partnerships to build 60,000 electric vehicle charging stations with a new commitment to build 40,000 more in the U.S. and Canada. The automaker plans to concentrate the stations in currently underserved urban and rural areas. Of course, they don't say what powers those charging stations. Electricity. Oil oil and natural gas. Yeah, from oil and natural (laughs) gas. Thank you very much. But that's okay, because you can brag that you've got an electric vehicle. Again, how are you charging it? Uh-huh. Nobody wants to yeah, continue un- that Unless you statement. start putting all these uh, solar charging stations in, then you're going to be relying on oil and natural gas. Yeah, and do you know how much, how many solar panels it would take to have enough power generated to charge your car? And what do you think a lot of those solar panels are made up of? Yeah, of well, materials of Materials that go into them. You need petroleum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, unless you can put a uh, a big old wind turbine on your roof, you probably can't do that. Then you're killing birds. Yeah. <laughs> or so they say, yeah. I guess. Wow. An iPhone user in San Francisco has sued Apple for the exact cost of his iPhone, saying that the company refused to repair the device despite it being under warranty. Well, why is he only suing for the exact cost? Well, Apple's got gazillion dollars. Sue them for the world. Well, we'll get there. Oh, uh, Theodore right. Kim filed a small claims court lawsuit in San Francisco seeking $1,383 and 13 cents, the original cost of his iPhone. Kim said it, it levels the playing field so that just a simple consumer like me can sue a big company without having to worry about getting lawyers and all that other stuff. He said, I feel like at least I want my day in court. 
the clerk of the court set a trial for 1.30 p.m. on November 23rd. And, of course, Apple didn't respond for requests for comment. Of but, course not. But that's why he went to small claims court, because at least he's getting his day in court against Apple without having to get all these big lawyers involved. Oh, okay. I and, got and you. And he apparently got this idea because he saw a blog post of somebody that did something similar with a MacBook, that, and they successfully sued Apple in small claims court. Mm-hmm. So this is his way of, of winning against Apple. I wonder if they're going to send their uh, bank of a dozen attorneys just for this one little thing. They're going to they're spend like you know 20 times more than he, they're being sued for to sure. defend themselves. <laughs> and then some smart attorney... We'll get in touch with him and say, okay, now let's go for the big bucks for putting you through all of that and go after a million bucks from Apple. And Mm -hmm. it's chump change for them anyway. They won't care. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Home theater popularity is resurging due in part to advancements in consumer technology and the widespread availability of streaming media. Residential Systems says that innovations like Dolby Atmos audio systems, smart window treatments, and screens that reject ambient light are transforming rooms into spaces primed for cinematic viewing experiences. So it's basically getting back to what a lot of people have been wanting to do over the years and have a separate home theater for the family, not just the living room or the den or wherever they can gather, but a home theater room. So there's a lot of stuff out there where you can actually immerse yourself in some good movies and TV shows and whatnot, if there are any. Google is using AR, of course, augmented reality, to increase public consciousness around endangered animals, partnering with the Swedish Society for Nature Conservation. The animals highlighted include the harbor porpoise and white-backed woodpecker, which are critically endangered according to the International Union for Conservation of Nature Red List. Oh. Yeah. So, hey, if AR can help them out, why not? Samsung announced that it's jumping into the cloud gaming arena with an offering for its Tizen smart TV platform. The news came during its Samsung Developer Conference keynote, and the company didn't provide any more details about what games would be available, what other platforms it would be available on, if any, or when it would launch. Uh, Samsung also says it's working with partners on the service and that it's using web tech to power it. But that's basically all they've said about it so far, so we'll have to stay tuned. Yes, that's going to be interesting to see how that develops. From boxy Bollinger SUVs and pickups to Cadillac Sleek Lyric and Canoe's pill-shaped lifestyle vehicle, an array of offerings will greatly expand the quantity and variety of electric vehicles on offer in 2022. That, according to Tim Levin of Business Insider, They give capsule reviews of 11 forthcoming vehicles, including the rides I just mentioned, as well as models from Ford and Mercedes-Benz. So more electric vehicles that are powered by things that people who usually have electric vehicles don't want to say. Yeah. (laughs) But that's okay. You got an electric vehicle. Go for it. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg says he's redirected teams within his company, quote, to make serving young adults their North Star. Oh, please. (laughs) That comment made on a call with investors uh, speaks to Facebook's uh, concerns about declining usage among teens and young adults. That's mainly because, you know, as soon as the teens and young adults see that their parents and grandparents are on a service, they don't want it anymore. Of course not. They're off that platform in a heartbeat. That's exactly what happened to MySpace. Once once the old people started getting on it, all the young people fled. Wait, the old people? (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, these days, I'm the old people. But back (laughs) in the MySpace days, I was the young people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Zuckerberg said that Facebook usage among older users will grow slower than it otherwise would have because of these changes. But even with those trade-offs, he says he thinks it's the right approach. Zuckerberg expects the changes to take years. Uh, One of the more immediate shifts could be to Instagram, which he says will see significant changes to lean further into video and make Reels, quote, a more central part of the experience. Oh, wonderful. I mean, they're buried in the feed anyway. I know you haven't been on Instagram for a while. But if they're going to make more Reels available and less just simple posts... I don't know that that's going to be a solution for them in the long run. Well, because they're trying to be more like TikTok. Yeah, I know. I'm and Boy, and TikTok sucks. I got a whole bunch of notifications from TikTok that I somehow violated their community standards and they took down uh, several videos. And it's like, I don't even have several videos up. But, of course, they're very vague. Never specific. Well, what was the violation? And plus, what? videos did you take down so uh, my gosh enough already and of course tiktok is owned by the chinese ByteDance, uh-huh. out of beijing so I, I guess i shouldn't be surprised because you know they're censoring everything here that they would otherwise be censoring in china anyway but it's i didn't do anything controversial yeah, I know. Hard to believe, but I didn't. Well, we have similar problems with uh, YouTube and our in our videos because we've got pieces of production music that we've purchased legitimately. And mm-hmm. apparently with YouTube, all that's required is that somebody that you can go on and say, oh, no, I own the copyright to that. I'm filing a claim. And YouTube will then notify. I've got notifications that somebody has made a, file, a, a copyright claim on one of our pieces of music. Well, I dispute it. Say, no, this has been purchased part of a library, part of a, pr- a library and the other the claimant or whatever says, no, 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 he's not right. So YouTube says, okay, they'll side with them. And, you know, basically told us that you can no longer get ad revenue on that video because any money you make on that video, since they filed a claim, is going to be sent to them. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And there's there's no kind of process, you know, no, like, you know, mediation. It's just they'll take their word for it. And who owns YouTube? Google. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, they're like the government. They're there to help. Yeah. (laughs) Not... Mobile purchases were a frequent option for 8 out of 10 millennials that TopJoy recently surveyed, and the primary shopping categories were apparel and beauty products, takeout and delivery of food, and, of course, streaming services. Brand values are important to this demographic, with 55% following those that treat workers well and are also engaged in social media content. So, again, 8 out of 10 Millennials are dealing with those kinds of concerns, and that's what's more important to them. Back in September, Twitter announced that it's working on a dedicated tab for spaces to make it easier for users to find relevant conversations they can listen to. Uh, Now the website has started rolling out the tab to iOS users whose language is set to English. Uh, The new tab will feature a curated list of active spaces as well as a search function that people can use to look for conversations relevant to their interests. Twitter announced the update through the official Spaces account, where it also said the tab will be available on Android and other languages, quote, in the future. Unfortunately, the company didn't mention a more specific date for Android availability. Really? So we have to hurry up and wait? Yeah. Yeah. I won't hold my breath. Gail in St. Simmons or Simons? Simons. St. Simons Island, Georgia, participating with the Ask Dave button. We love you for that at intotomorrow.com. Hey, Gail. I really enjoy using my brother label maker, but... I want to know how to reduce the margin on each side of the word that I'm labeling. I 
am using a lot of the tape for these margins, and I'd like to reduce the margins, and I can't figure out how. I hope you can help me. I enjoy listening to you. Well, thank you for the kind words, Gail. Your mileage may vary depending on the specific model you're using, but the generic instructions pretty much look like this. You press the function key, then navigate with the arrow keys until you get to margins, then press OK to go in the margin settings. Now, in there, you'll see a list of options, something like full, half, narrow, and chain print. Yeah, and since you want to reduce the margins, narrow would likely be the best setting for you. Typically, that one will shrink your margins to about a sixth of an inch on either side. Uh, now, once you find the margin setting you prefer, just press OK again, and you should be all set. Now, if your options don't look like that, you might need to look into the specific settings for your particular model. The Brother website has manuals for the different models and really would be a great place to start. Yeah, so you might uh, want to, if it doesn't work, what we've suggested, then just visit the Brother website and make sure you know your specific model. And on their support pages, you're going to find more instructions for that particular model. And I hope that helps. Now you have us real curious, too. So make a label that says, Into Tomorrow, and don't forget to tune in every week, you know, on on my St. Simmons Island station as well. And I had the same thought you did when she first started her question, saying that she likes to use her brother. I know. It sounded (laughs) weird. And then I went, what? And, And you looked at me and laughed. But we get it. Her brother, label maker. Very cool. Intotomorrow.com. Let's meet there. Come on, everybody. Hurry. Come on. Now that we're home more than ever, we need to feel safe. Call it a sign of the times or the world we now live in. What do you want to keep safe? Wouldn't it be nice to have tested, trusted 24-7 protection? peace of mind, real protection that's always there for you and your whole family? Well, now you can with one of our state-of-the-art home security systems. Call 800-970-8405. That's 800-970-8405. Tech question? Call us anytime. 1 800 899 into 1 800 899 4686. Call in, win stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Cameron. And yes, he was much younger then, but I love it and we want to play it. And I am Dave Graveline. And I am Chris Graveline. And this portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting. You don't need to be tech savvy to record and publish your own podcast. It'll be easy for most Into Tomorrow listeners. Plans starting at just $12 a month. Go to blubrry.com. Stay tuned. Coming up is a conversation with Thomas Tenaway. He's the international sales manager with a company called Clear Electron. They produce products for eye protection, including ones that will alert you to things like bad posture or if the ambient light levels in the room are too low. Ah, pretty cool interview. Do stay tuned for that coming up in a couple of minutes. It's time for history feature. IFA is one of the largest and oldest tech shows in the world. With this week's look back at IFA's historic past. Here's Chris Grave line. IFA, IFA. The breakthrough for magnetic recording came in 1933 with the invention of the first recorder named Magnetophone by the German Edward Schuler. One year later, the chemical company BASF finished the development of the necessary magnetic tape, coating an acrylic tape with iron. I know nothing, nothing. 
1935, Schuler's lab model, together with the tape by BASF, became reality at the big German Funkausstellung with the Magnetophone K1 by AEG. The first tape recorder in the world was a sensation at the show, which today is simply known as IFA. That's this week's IFA update, brought to you by Messe Berlin. Be sure to visit ifa-berlin.com. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. And while you're online, be sure to visit intotomorrow.com, and a little box pops up that asks only for your email address. Do please enter your email address, because we don't share it with anyone, and we don't spam anyone. But that will get you our free once-a-week tech newsletter, which includes such things as what? Tech news. Go figure. Uh, we tell you the prizes that we're giving away. We tell you who's coming up on the show. We uh, got uh, tech tips, links to the This Week in Tech History video, all sorts of stuff. Okay, and it's all there for you at intotomorrow.com. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. Get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at Blueberry.com. It's like a blueberry without the E's. So B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. This our 26th year bringing you the latest in consumer tech products and services, gadgets and gizmos, all sorts of neat things available today and into tomorrow and delighted to have you with us. Even more delighted when you call in and participate on the program. And there are three easy ways. Pick your favorite to participate. Call in, win stuff, a mantra that we use regularly. Of course, you can use your phone as a phone. I know, go figure. You can call us anytime, toll-free from anywhere in North America, 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. Or you can use the free Into Tomorrow app. Just search those two words in your favorite app store, Into Tomorrow, and participate that way. There's a little button that says Message the Studio. Or a lot of folks these days are calling in with questions or help for another listener or what have you by simply visiting us on any device with a browser and a microphone. So your phone, your tablet, your desktop, your laptop, and click the little Ask Dave mic button on the lower right and participate that way. Either way, we want to hear from you and we appreciate when you join us on the program. Our next guest is from a company that developed new AI-driven smart glasses that help protect everyone's eyes. And we're going to find out just exactly how that happens. He's the international sales manager for a company called Clear Electron Company, Thomas Tanoe. Thomas, welcome into tomorrow from Japan. So it's early morning, your time, but we appreciate you staying up late for us. How are you? I'm doing great. How's it going, Dave? It's going well, and we appreciate, again, the time that you're able to spend with us and with the time difference. Uh, you know, it, it makes it even more of a challenge sometimes, but it's nice, uh, this ability, and reminding our audience who's listening on the radio to come see the video of our interview with Thomas, and you'll see these AI glasses that we're talking about. But first, if you would, tell me about Clear Electron Company. What is it that the company does? 
Okay, so um, Clear Electron um, is a subsidiary of a company called Clear Stone. Um, and Clearstone originated as an apparel company, like Halloween costumes. Oh. And then we created a, a subsidiary called uh, Clear Electron, where we um, uh, invent and introduce uh, new tech products. Um, so we have a, a electronic bike that we released. Um, we also have an LCD screen that, that could bend. Um, and our newest product is the AI glasses uh, that we started selling in March of uh, this year. And of course, by now, most everyone knows AI is artificial intelligence. So how is it that glasses uh, start using artificial intelligence? What is it that they do specifically? Okay. So um, uh, our glasses, uh, it has a six axis sensor. Um, and our, our AI glasses are, are very different from other companies. What we do is uh, we develop glasses um, that prevents uh, bad eye habits. And that's the only purpose it has. Um, so uh, what it does is um, uh, it could detect if your posture is bad, if you have poor posture, oh. um, if, you're, if you're too close to the screen or if it's too dark in the room. And you could actually go in the settings in that mobile app and um, you could adjust that. That's interesting. So it, 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 the glasses actually help with your posture. Uh, and how is it that that works? How, how, do, how does it know that I'm okay. leaning over or, or, you know, not sitting up properly? <laughs> okay. Uh, you want me to show you the actual product? I have it Sure. Right oh, now. please do. And okay. again, folks, visit us at intotomorrow.com and you'll see the video of the radio interview. But yes, please show us. Okay. So the, these are the actual glasses. Um, you could turn them on. There's a, um, uh, a fingerprint sign right here. Um, you press it once. Um, and it'll turn on. You'll see that it turns on. And you can connect it to a mobile app. So this is our mobile app we have right now. It's still in development. It's still in beta. Um, but uh, uh, we're working on it. Uh, so once you connect it with Bluetooth, and then you could go into the settings. So you can set it to every 10 seconds you get a notification. So right now um, the glasses are on. Uh, let me save the settings. So while you're doing that, they, they look like a, a regular pair of eyeglasses that one would wear. And, and can the frames or rather the lenses be uh, prescription lenses as well, if necessary? Yes, we have one company um, in Japan right now that uh, could replace the glasses with prescription glasses. Okay. So um, give me a second. Um, the charger died on. Oh, okay. oh, no, no worries. We, you know, we don't have to worry okay. about that. We get the idea because you're, you're holding them up. But my, my question was, how does it know, for example, about posture? How does it know if I'm not sitting up properly? Okay. So what it does is, um, you could go into the settings and, um, you could set the degree like 45 degrees. So if you're off every 10 seconds or you could set it to every minute, I recommend a minute It kind of gets annoying because it beeps yeah. a lot. Yeah. But, um, once you, once you, um, uh, uh, once you have it set and, um, the angle is, um, it's not correct. You'll get, um, you'll get, a uh, one beep. And it'll tell you that you need to correct your posture. So you okay. can set it if you're up like this. If I'm looking down, if I'm looking down, then the glasses will beep. So, um, yeah. So once I straighten it out, then it'll stop beeping. It'll stop giving you they'll stop giving you that notification. Okay, so it's a little sensor then in the frame of the glasses that is determining if I'm holding my head up too high or down too low, basically assuming that I'm perhaps leaning over or don't have good posture. So it's reminding me, posture, right? 
Yes. Kind, kind of, kind of like uh, the nuns used to do in, in grade school, in the Catholic school, and we come around with a, uh, a ruler and... You know, your posture is <laughs> off. Well, okay, yes, yes, sister. Uh, sorry, <laughs> but but yes. that's the sort of thing. Only this time, it's a little less harsh, I guess, uh, with a little beep to remind you. So that's kind of cool. And then, what else can it do uh, to help us? Because on your website, you're talking about their AI glasses, uh, our smart glasses that use advanced AI to correct the bad posture. We get that now, and to protect your eyes. So, how is it that it protects our eyes? Well, it has the um uh, uh the the, the the lenses that cuts the the blue light oh okay um, yeah that's one thing that, that's not that's kind of typical technology but um really what it does is if you're too close to the screen which is which is um a really bad habit that a lot of us have um we're just too close our back is uh hunched over and we're way too close to the screen and when it does that it'll give you um uh, two beeps, and it'll tell you that you're too you're too close to whatever device it is. It could be a piece of paper too. If you're too oh, close okay. to it, yeah, it'll notify you, and you could adjust that in the settings as well too. So, of course, as we get older, it seems that we find ourselves getting too close sometimes, or too far yes. back trying to read something. So, this is apparently <laughs> helping us with hey, pay attention here. You know, this is not good for your eyes, um, whether or not you're using just the clear lenses that they come with or prescription lenses. It still gives Giving us uh, that information. Who do you recommend these AI glasses for? Is there a particular target audience for you? Yeah, right now in Japan, it's mostly kids. So the parents will buy for the kids. So from an early age, they'll start to develop really good eye habits. So um, I, I don't think this product is um, um, something where you're going to use it forever. It's for kids to just form really good habits for their eyes. Gotcha. So, yeah, and um, and Another market for us is a uh, um, uh, woman, so like uh, females. So when they get, they they do worry about the wrinkles they get under um, their their chin. Yeah, that's because they're always looking down on their phone. So it'll prevent them from doing that as well too. So that's our two markets that we have right now. Okay, but basically, I can see where it can be a, a good habit forming uh, to use them and at any age. But certainly, I think it's great that you can start the kids younger uh, to get that posture. I mean, I'm reminding my grandson, fair, fair, uh, you know, quite frequently sometimes. Come on, Cam, posture. He's only nine, and you know, you don't want him to end up with back problems or eye problems or or things of that nature. And sometimes you got to do that, and sure enough. It's almost always because he's looking at a device and he's leaning over a bit. And man, we got to break the kids of that habit, unfortunately, <laughs> because of all of our digital tech these days. We're talking with Thomas Tanoe, the international sales manager for Clear Electron Company. Oh, and by the way, their English website, if you want to visit it and uh, stay tuned, of course, more coming up with him after this break is Hold On AI Glasses. Dot com. Meantime, I'm Dave Graveline. Stay tuned as Into Tomorrow continues. We're back with Thomas right after this. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in 
and manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. As you rejoin Into Tomorrow in our broadcast today, we're talking with the international sales manager of Clear Electron Company, Thomas Tanoe. Uh, I'm assuming then that you guys at Clear Electron are working on perhaps other products as well, maybe more design for adults in some cases. What can you share with us that might be coming out into tomorrow? Okay, so um, this is an exclusive thing. We haven't uh, we we have a, a prototype, but we just got it last week. Um, this is called the Hold On Eye Clip, and you could actually uh, put this on any eye frame. So it has the same exact technology as the Hold On AI glasses, ah. but it's a clip you could put on. So, so you can you you would clip that on to your existing pair of glasses if you wear glasses now. Yes, and it's very lightweight. So um, when you wear the glasses, it won't lean. Um, so if I just wear like this, I don't feel anything like it's leaning on one side. That was a concern that we had, so we had yeah. to make it very lightweight. And we're planning to release this in Japan in November. Okay, very good. Co- no, of yeah. this year, so next month at this point. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Next, next mid mid next month, we should have it. And we're also opening up a shop um, in Odaiba, Tokyo. Um, so we'll have a shop selling these glasses and we're trying to partner with some companies in the States. Um, so we could get, um, some of their, uh, uh, frames. I I like, I I went to vision expo, uh, about a month ago in Las Vegas Mm -hmm. and, and they had a lot of really good, um, uh, uh, design. So we're not, we're not frame designers. So, you know, we're trying to collaborate with a lot of companies that have been in the business for a long time. Sure. So, um, yeah. So once we get the eye clips in, we could put them on any any designs, and uh, yeah, we're we're looking forward to that. Terrific. Now, are the otherwise the AI glasses that you talked about initially are they available now? And if so, how much? Um, right now, we're not selling in the United States. Um, what we're trying to do is we're tr- trying to get as many opticians and um, optometrists to try out our products. So we have a few out right now that we're just sending out, um, seeing how they react to it, how their patients react to it. So if you are an optometrist or optician, um, contact me uh, at my email, info at holdonaiglasses.com. Then uh, we'll send you, um, once you fill out a little survey form, um, we'll send you out a few um, few of these glasses. Just And what we ask for is just feedback. I'll have to get you to send my eye doctor uh, a, a few pairs because I would love, I, you know, I value his opinion very heavily. And, uh, and I'd love to see what he says about them uh, as well. He's an ophthalmologist, so he's an eye surgeon as well. So he's got, a, he's got more test equipment in his office than I've ever seen in any other eye doctor's office. So he, he certainly takes it all very seriously, but can really get deep into you know, any eye issue that anyone might have. So I think something like this might 
open some doors for you. So we'll uh, we'll work on that off air and and see if uh, if I can get his opinion on this as well as a follow up to the show. So we wish you well and and uh, sounds very cool. Obviously, we it's hard to tease our our U.S. audience of any product that's not available yet. But will the clip on be more readily available in the U.S. before? the AI glasses or about the same time? Um, yeah, we're thinking if we're going to start retelling, we want to make sure that the feedback we get um, from the opticians and optometrists are uh, really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, before we launch the products in Japan, we only started selling it in March. Oh, so okay. um, yeah, right now we have opticians um, and optometrists is testing it out in Japan and we're getting really good feedback. So within the last few months, uh, we had we had our um, employees at Clear Electron try it, and they actually improved their eyesight um, constantly using the Hold On AI glasses. So we're just trying to get more data. We've been featured on a bunch of um, uh, news in Japan, um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 been kind of crazy. You know, like we are trying to get into the market, but right now we're still fixing the app um, to make sure it fits the U.S. market. So there's a lot of work to be done. But um, it's ready to be tested, so we're just sending out samples and seeing what kind of feedback we get. So we do understand the target audience um, in in the U.S. market. Terrific. And now, of course, you've got national U.S. exposure because of Into Tomorrow. We're happy to help you out with that. And <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we invite our pleasure. We invite our audience to visit your English website at holdonaiglasses. Dot com. We'll get you there, of course, when you visit into tomorrow, but then you'll see what Thomas and his team are doing. Thomas uh, Tanoe, thank you for joining us on the program and uh, continue. Good luck to you. Keep us informed as to when all these products are available and we'll be happy to remind our audience about them. Okay. Thank you, Dave. All right. My pleasure. I am Dave Graveline. Into Tomorrow will continue as we invite you to stay tuned right here on the Advanced Media Network. Don't go away. Guys, by now, you've heard the great news. If you've wanted to try Viagra or Cialis, but were worried about the price, Blue Pills Direct can finally give you the results you've been looking for. Why pay almost $15 per pill when you can get the same results you need for only $2 per pill? That's right. Call today and receive 50 Blue Pills or 50 Yellow Pills for only $99. That's only $2 per pill and saves you almost $500 from your local pharmacy. Why wait? Call 888-914-4247 today and finally have those breathtaking, toe-curling moments again and again. Call 888-914-4247 right now and we'll rush your order discreetly packaged to your door. Just call 888-914-4247. That's 888-914-4247. Call 888-914-4247. A little into tomorrow, fun tech tidbit for you because people carry their phones in their back pockets all the time. Samsung actually created a robot that is shaped like a butt. So you might call it a robot to <laughs> sit on their phones to make sure that they can take the pressure. Well, if they needed it to test my phone, they would need a pretty big robot. 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 Yes. To test. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by Autonomous. How today works from home. See your new home office at autonomous.ai. 
Cher in Atlanta, Georgia, calling in using the Ask Dave button at intotomorrow.com. Hi, guys. Just calling to let you know that I just received my prize. And before I realized it, I was saying in the words of Cameron, Oh, my gosh. I just received the Black Widow keyboard. I'm so happy. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure I can put it to good use with the start of my new podcast. And I love, love, love the show and love you guys. Thanks so much. I'll keep listening. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's our pleasure. But you see, that's how easy it is. Call in, win stuff. Now, here's John in Montgomery, Alabama, listening to the free Into Tomorrow podcasts. I uh, am a songwriter composer, and I have two Behringer mixers that I want to upgrade. I've been thinking about upgrading to the Mackie 16 channel, but I've been hearing a lot of good things about the new Behringer mixers. What I want to know is, what do you guys use for your podcast? Well, of course, John, our podcast, and more importantly, our radio show, are one and the same. In fact, we've been podcasting our radio broadcasts since long before they were ever even called podcasts. Yeah, but as far as what we use, uh, you can't really go wrong with either Behringer or Mackie. Our main board in our control room is a 16-channel Mackie. We've been using it for years, and it has served us very well. Uh, now, connected to that main mixer, we have some sub-mixers. One is Samson, another brand that is good while not being too expensive. But our main mixer here in the studio is a Behringer. We're actually speaking to you through the Behringer mixer right over here off to my side. How about that? Right. And the two that we use for everything when we were on a remote broadcast back when we were able to do those uh, are both Behringer's. Uh, those we've upgraded through the years and have stayed with the newer version of that brand because they do their job and do it very well. Yeah. So you really can't go wrong. We, we've tossed out our recommendation for Behringer. But again, we also mentioned Mackie. We also mentioned the Samsung. Yes. Uh, yeah. Samson. Not Samsung. Right. Samson. Like Samson and Delilah, but no Delilah. Yeah. Or the son of Sam. <laughs> yes. Samson. Yeah. You got the idea. So there, there are many, John, to choose from, uh, but you can't go wrong even with what you're working with now. If it's working well for you, then just stick with it. Yeah. Because, you know, the Behringer is a good German brand, and that's one thing. You know, Germans do cars and audio very well. That's true. For some strange reason, they do both very well. And for all these years, they continue to do very well. We see so many of those kinds of companies every time we're in Berlin for the annual IFA show, of which we will be back next September for IFA 2022. Meantime... Stay tuned at intotomorrow.com. Bringing you the latest in consumer electronics and technology, this has been Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. To participate with Dave and his tech geniuses and win prizes anytime, 24-7, use our free Into Tomorrow app for your iPhone, Android, and Netflix. Available in your app store or call 1-800-899-INTO. That's 1-800-899-4686. Be sure to visit our website anytime to read our show notes and watch our ITTV videos at intotomorrow.com. And join us next week as we bring you further Into Tomorrow. Into Tomorrow.